0: And before we jump into that, let me let me pray for us real fast. <clears throat> Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit would convince us and remind us this morning who you are and who we are in you. It's in his name we pray, amen. I don't know about you, like uh, we have... Like, I love Christmas. I have kids. Like, Christmas morning at our, uh, our house when your, your younger son opens a gift. I'm just trying to make sure my son's like, they were supposed to show up, and they didn't. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but they were. So I can share this story now. We have this video uh, that when my younger son was nine years old, we sh- I share this video every, like, every Christmas season. Um, when he opened up a present on christmas he was he 's the best gift like opener ever like i don 't know if you have one of those family like someone who opens a gift and it 's just pure unadulterated joy right like there's it 's this video if you 're welcome to look at it it 's on my instagram because <clears throat> i 'm cool um, <laughs> but but i <clears throat> but he sorry <clears throat> he opens up this actually he opens it up. And, of course, it's in an Amazon box. And he he takes the Amazon box and he he opens the box and he sees this Lego set in there. And he picks the box up, begins to scream, opens the box, holds the Lego up, takes the Amazon box and literally spikes it out of joy. Like spikes it and just begins to scream like at octaves, like just when you think he's done. Like he arches his back, and this is like, ah! Like it is like we're like, dude, we we nailed it with that gift. Like it was it was incredible. But every year, now we uh, we watch it and we listen to it, and it's just this pure joy. Look, this morning we are going to unwrap a gift that should cause us to spike the box. Um, uh, the, this unwrapping this gift of Paul of Paul's teaching. Of this great and underappreciated doctrine of adoption. The gift of being called sons and daughters of the King of Heaven. Like it's a big deal. This morning, that's what we're gonna be doing. J.I. Packer writes this. He says, This, he says, If you want to judge how well a person understands Christianity, find out how much he makes of the thought of being. God's child, if it's not the thought that prompts and controls his worship and prayers and his whole outlook on life, it means he does not understand Christianity very well. Up until this point in Galatians, until we hit this chapter that was read for us earlier, Paul has been answering the question, how does someone get right with God? How do we get right with God? Um, and, 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 and can we get right with God simply by giving it over to God, try, turning over a new leaf, trying harder like I'm going to do tomorrow, day one, start my diet as I put my shirt on, like I don't like I tried to cover it up with my tie, I don't fit in this shirt. like I'm going to try harder tomorrow, not today. Tomorrow, is that is that how we get right with God? Just try harder, pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, and try harder. Paul tells us that no amount, no amount of our efforts can put us in right relationship with God. None. Our only hope is in the in the efforts of another. That's our only hope. Our only hope is in the efforts of our faithful King our humble servant, Jesus Christ. And it is Christ who lived and died and rose again in our place that we might be justified, that we might be made right before God. That is, in Christ, yours and my sins have been removed by his perfect life um, and, and, by, and, we, and we are credited uh, his perfect life to our account. Before God, those who claim Jesus as their Lord and Savior stand clothed in the matchless robes of holiness purchased by Jesus. Through faith, I am justified. Through faith, I am made right with God by grace alone. As a, as a good PCA pastor, let me remind you of your catechism, justification. Justification is the act of God's free grace wherein God pardons all of our sins and accepts us as righteous in his sight only for the righteousness of Christ imputed to us and received by faith alone. Look, surely, right, our justification, God's declaring us not guilty, gavel dropping, not guilty, accepted as righteous in his height, it is, sight. it is the primary fundamental blessing of the gospel, right? That has to be the fundamental blessing of the gospel. However, it's not the highest blessing. It's not the highest. J.I. Packer, last quote from J.I. Packer. Packer writes this. He says, justification is conceived in terms of law and viewing God as judge, This free gift of acquittal and peace is wonderful enough, but justification does not imply any intimate or deep relationship with God the judge. However, adoption gives us the picture of God as father. This is a family term conceived in terms of love. And J.I. Packer writes, To be right with God... To be right with God, the judge, is a great thing. It's a great thing. But to be loved and to be cared for by by God the Father is an even greater thing. In other words, this morning we're going to be talking about the highest privilege in the Christian life. To be able to call God Father. Like, big deal. What a gift to unwrap and to embrace! At the end of the of the chapter of chapter three, the apostle Paul shows us that um, the gospel is not on, not only enables us to be in this right relationship to God um, that is like legally acceptable to Him, but it also bestows upon us like a, a far higher privilege. We are now called sons of God. That's what we're called. No longer do we have to mourn the inadequacies of our earthly fathers. No longer. In Christ, we have a heavenly father which exceeds them in every way. No longer do we have to crave relationships with other people so that we can feel loved because we are sons of God, sons and daughters of God. We are, we are more loved than we ever could imagine. No longer do we have to fear God as this um, control freak. We can now see him, his hand g- gently disciplining us because he actually loves us. Like, by, by no means am I a perfect father. Um, I think if my kids were here, uh, they would go, amen. <laughs> like, by no means. Like, I yell at my kids. I'm selfish. I do not share my food. Look at me. Like, my shirt. Like, I don't share my food. Like, I fail to be an example before them over and over and over again. And my son's, when I'm sitting on the couch and I fall asleep, I'm constantly reminded, Dad, you snore loud. Um. Also, when I have recently discovered I'm a bad father, when I take my kids to the dentist or the doctor, like, I'm like, hey, when's your birthday? Like, and it... That really hurts the middle son's feelings. I don't know if you know this. Um, I'm trying to get better. I have notes now on my phone. Look, indeed our adoption being called sons and daughters and having the privilege to call the maker of heaven and our father, like, is the gospel's highest privilege? I remember years ago, before we had children, We were in Jackson, Mississippi, in seminary. We were working at a church there, and and the pastor um, and his wife invited us to go to our first general assembly. And if if you're not familiar with that, it's when, like, all the PCA, our denomination, gets together, all the pastors and elders all across the country, we get together, we talk about church stuff, and and this was my first experience. And so we we got in his suburban with his younger son sitting in the back of the suburban, actually forgot he was there. Um, and, and Trina and I were driving with Darwin and Kay Jordan, our senior pastor and his wife, and from, from Jackson, Mississippi to Dallas, Texas. And as we approached Shreveport, Louisiana, uh, Kay, the, the pastor's wife, turned to us, and she said to us, this is where we first met John Darwin, their youngest son, who was sitting in the back of the car. And, uh, and then out of nowhere because we forgot he was there. Like, he popped up out of the back of the suburb, and he was like, Mom, tell me that story again. Tell me that story again. So they proceeded to tell this story about how they they had been waiting for this phone call for months and months, and they finally got this phone call. picked up the phone, and they were like, we have a new baby boy for you. And they came after him. They drove to Shreveport and picked him up and made him their own. And I just remember like his face, seeing his face, it was just pure joy. He was like, man, you can just tell like he loved hearing his parents talk about um, how they came after him and made him their own. Like it is so good to be reminded who we belong to and how how our Heavenly Father has come after us uh, to make us his child. And I know that I need that to be, I need that reminder every day. Uh, that I'm a son of the Father in heaven who came after me and he and he loves me and he's actually for me. Uh, and, and and so now we're gonna kind of jump. I have two points. So that was my really long. I feel like that, John. You really went long on that introduction. Sorry. But two points to this morning and we're gonna look at how God has prepared us for this gift of adoption. How did he prepare us for this gift? And then, secondly, how God has given us the privilege of adoption. So, let's, let's talk about this first point how God has prepared us for this, this great gift of adoption. Look with me at verses one through three. It says, what, am I, what I'm saying is that as long as the heir is a child, he is no longer different from a slave, although he owes the same whole state. He owns the same whole estate. He is subject to the guardians and the trustees until the time set. By his father, so also when we were children, we were in slavery under the basic principles of the world. And Paul is referring here to the whole Old Testament period as a time of infancy, uh, when when we were not yet of age yet. Uh, and during this time, even though we've been entitled to all the privileges of being children of God. We could not experience all those blessings yet. Rather, it was a time of trustees and guardians. That is, we, we, are, we were under the tutelage of the law. The law, try to stay with me. Like, I know this is like, what? The law was part of God's redemptive, redemptive history in which he showed the world how badly it needs a savior because we couldn't keep the law like a trustee or guardian the law cannot impart life it can only carry out orders and 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 that is exactly what the law does it it passes judgment on all those who transgress the law even though the promise of the inheritance remained those in the old testament were not able to experience the fullness of their inheritance it was a time of slavery Okay, so Paul says that this slavery was was the basic principles of the world. What does that mean? Essentially, what Paul was what Paul is referring to is the elementary teachings about rules and regulations by which people try to make themselves acceptable to God. Paul Paul says this, has the same idea in Colossians two eight, where he says. To see it, to um, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophies, which depends on human tradition and basic principles of this world rather than Christ. And this is his point. His point is this: is that while we were without Christ, we lived under bondage because it was easy to think about salvation. As reward to be earned and not this gift to be received, this was the basic principle of the world. In short, if you were like, "What is he talking about?" In short, this, he was talking about like salvation by works, like that you can you can you can be saved by the things you do. Um, therefore, what God was doing in the age of the law was preparing His people and the Gentiles for this adoption. Like, even though it was promised, they were, they were the rightful heirs. They could not experience their sonship yet fully. It was a time of preparation, a time to long for this promised thing. In verses 4 and 5, Paul shows us that in addition to, like, needing a time of this preparation, our adoption could, could not be, like, ushered in until it had been, like, provided for. Like, notice what he says in verse 4 and 5. He says, But when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under law, that we might receive the full rights as sons. I had, uh, I had lunch years ago with a guy who had, I knew he had adopted two children, um, and, and one of his children he adopted from China. And, uh, and, and I was like, can you tell me that story? I just wanted to hear the story from him. Um, and he told me that, that as they were looking at adopting a, a child from China, that was, things were getting pretty tight, getting pretty hard uh, to, 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 to do. So they decided both separately, like, hey, well, we're going to adopt a kid with special needs. And so, they were given, uh, like, a, a, a list of, of, of children, babies, and their pictures, and individually, separately, they both picked this little girl. Like they both like, we want her, and this little girl, special needs, and they picked her. Um, and so, they began all the stuff you have to do, if you've ever, if you know people who have adopted children, like, it, especially overseas, like, the amount of stuff you have to do and prepare and, and get all that stuff done. And I'm, I imagine, like, the Chinese—the Chinese are pretty hard. <laughs> like, I, are they listening? Um, but, but, but they really had a, just a, a tough time uh, doing it. And uh, so they started the long process and began to prepare for the possibility of this new, beautiful baby girl to be in their family. Um, and when the time had come, doing everything they needed to provide for this little. This little girl, they went after her. They went to China for like the third time and went after her. And he explained to me that when they arrived in China, that the people over there were, they were taken back by the reality that they wanted this girl with special needs. Like in a culture um, where the demand of perfection was so high, they couldn't fathom why anybody would want a baby that wasn't perfect. And just as this family went to great lengths to provide for the adoption of this beautiful little girl, so also did our almighty God when he provided for, for our adoption in Christ. Like When the time had fully come, God sent his son. What is emphasized here is that the son was perfectly qualified to accomplish our redemption. And he came after us. He came after you. He was born of a woman. Born, He was the God-man. Born under the law. He perfectly fulfilled the requirements of the law. To redeem those under the law, he was uniquely qualified to buy us back from our bondage so that you and I, might receive the full rights as sons and daughters the highest privilege the gospel offers to be called sons and daughters to know and to call him father I mean, do you realize the great like the great links and the cost it was to god to adopt you to come after you to make you his own like i think we forget that god adopted us i, I do i really think we forget it um that That he knew everything about us. He knew everything about us. He knew that you were children of special needs. He knew it. He knew your sins. He knew your failures. He knew your broken promises. He knew your pride. And he knew your selfishness. And God knew everything there was to know about his children. And he still adopts you. He still made you his own. Paul reminds us, who we were before our adoption, we were slaves, we were orphans, we were under the law. We we all like to like imagine ourselves just the opposite, right? Don't we? There was this old commercial years and years ago, um, where this where these boys were picking uh, their their basketball team on the on the playground after school, um, and all and so this one boy finishes picking all of his friends to be on his basketball team, and then he settles for the last guy, and they pan to him, and it's Kobe Bryant. It, it, the NBA All-Star, Kobe Bryant, standing there with all these kids, and they settle for him, being picked for the game of basketball. You know, we, like, we, 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 think, we, we all think we're Kobe Bryants. Like, we all think we're NBA All-Stars. And we think God is pretty lucky to have us on his team because we're really good. Like, we're pretty good people. And Paul says, You weren't good picks. Like, you weren't good picks. You weren't desirable in any way. We we couldn't dribble the ball, we couldn't make simple layups. We couldn't, we always shot was bricks. And and to still, like, um, uh, some terms from my sons, we didn't have drip. We didn't have have the right drip to play the game. Ask, Ask your grandkids and your kids what that means. Like God did not merely travel to another country to redeem people like himself. But rather Christ came from heaven, became man, and redeemed those who were utterly unlike himself. Do you see the drama of your redemption? Our adoption did not come easy. It didn't come easy. But only as the infinite God became incarnate in the Son of Jesus Christ and lived perfectly under the law and satisfied the law's demands for our unrighteousness, he knew, he that knew no sin became sin for us. There's no greater love. It's for that reason that the Apostle Paul actually in his uh, he break in his epistle, he breaks into song and he says, "Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called sons of God." You see, the love of the Father is in the sending of His Son. Do you realize that? But when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under law, that we might receive the full rights as sons. Let me jump into this second point. How does God, how God has given us this privilege of adoption? George Robertson, he's the, uh, he's a senior pastor at Second Second Press down um, in, in Memphis, and he, 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 he has a sermon on Romans 8 he did 100 years ago, I think before he was there. And he tells a story in this sermon about a guy named John Acoff. Uh, he grew up being shifted, this guy grew up being um, uh, sifted around to one family member to another, um, and, and, and just all different family members. And his own parents told him every morning, We hate you, John. We wish you were never born. Uh, Once he lived with his aunt and uncle um, that reluctantly accepted him, Um, they were having a birthday party in the family room, and there were lots of laughter, lots of party sounds going on, and John wandered in the room, and everyone stopped. And his aunt and uncle looked at him and said, Get out of here, John. This party is for the family. So finally he ended up living in an abandoned car in the middle of a field, And he was at the end of his rope. Uh, More than anything, he wanted someone just to love him. And for some reason, he had a Bible in his car. Um, You know, I love these stories. There was a Bible in this abandoned car. Uh, And he pulled it out one day, and it fell open to Romans 8.15. We read it for our assurance of pardon this morning. And he read this. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear but you receive the spirit of sonship, of adoption. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. And John was thrilled as he read this, and he prayed simply this prayer. God, if you'll be my daddy, I won't tell nobody, because I don't want to embarrass you. And then as he said, just as he said those words, he understood just as clearly as God had said them to himself, to him like personally, he heard this, he, he said, he heard it like, like God had said it to him, John, I want everybody to know that you are my son. Like it wouldn't surprise me if there's some John Acoffs in this room. Um, like none of us have had perfect fathers. Like I, I joke about like all the money I'm trying to save for counseling for my own children. Um, but none of us have had perfect fathers. We all have experienced the pain of someone not loving us the way that we should be loved. However, the good news of Galatians is the same news that comforted John Acoff from Romans. Because you are sons, God sent his son. He, he sent the spirit of his son into your hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba Father, so that you are no longer a slave, but you're a son your daughter not only has god prepared us for sonship he provided for our sonship he has also given us the privilege to be called sons of god and he wants everyone to know it he tells us you're my sons and daughters and this is what this means no longer slaves under the law no longer in a period of infancy We have full access now to the Father by the Spirit, whereby we can call him now Daddy. We have all the rights of being heirs of heaven. Therefore, no matter what kind of father you may have had, there is one father who has been at work for thousands of years so that you could call him Daddy. What remains for you to do? Like, what, what, what do you have to do now? Only this. Enjoy the great privileges that, that are yours as being a son and daughter of God. Enjoy it. Do not live under, do not live any longer un, as, as if your identity depended upon this world. I think a lot of us do that. Like our, our, our We live as, as if our identity is dependent upon this world and what the world says about us. So often people are looking at, at other relationships, money, or something else to satisfy their needs. And in the, in, in the end, those are just, just subtle ways that we're not resting in God's love for us in Christ. And we turn to the basic principles of the world, and we think a husband or a wife or money— And the bank can give me security that I need. And the truth is, none of those things, none of those things can be a resting place for our identity. We need to realize that we are as loved as we can ever be in Christ. That's it. Therefore, our response should be to rest in our older and our elder brother who has worked in our place. Do not fear any longer that God has, is not for you. You don't have to fear that he's not for you, that he's against you. He's not. Realize instead that he has made you his son or daughter. He is your daddy. And he can only do those things that work toward your good. And finally, realize the great treasure, which is yours in eternity For all those who are children of the king, there are joys forevermore to be had as the children of God. And I'll close by saying this, like there, there's no higher privilege in all of the Christian life than being called sons and daughters of God. It's not, it's not more fundamental than justification, don't bring me up on charges, but it does surpass justification in blessing. After all, justification makes one accepted, acceptable before God, but only adoption enables one to call God the Almighty Daddy, Abba Father. Notice in verse 26, he says, You are sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Again, like we come to realize that our adoption is cannot be earned it can't it can only be received by faith it cannot be attained through some magical experience like it can only be bestowed by the free grace of God sonship comes to those who have renounced their sonship of the world and embraced their elder brother Jesus Christ you know I asked that father who had adopted one of his children from China, um, if he ever thinks about his kids as being adopted, and I love what he said. He simply just looked at me. he was like kind of looked at me like I was dumb. He's like, I, like, seriously, like I always forget. I'll always forget they're adopted. I love that. You are my child. Not only have you been declared acceptable in the sight, we are now sons and daughters of the king of heaven. And I don't care how old or young you are, that is great news. And that is an incredible Christmas gift. Like we should spike the box on that one. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for your word. It's true that you love us and you care for us and you are for us. We thank you for Christ who made it possible for us to call you Daddy. Abba, Father, Father, as we come to your table, uh, remind us of that reality. And then we pray, amen.